coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. Okay. Because what good is it to be the good-looking rich black guy and the good-looking rich white guy if we can't <laughs> give to a cause bigger than ourselves? My artwork changed by living in Greensboro and I started to do work that really was about um, things that I thought were important. So just the spirit of all the women and everything that happened to them there. And the sculpture is meant to raise awareness while also honoring the strength and resilience of women. Do do tell, like we say in South Carolina, let me clutch my pearls. Yeah. I'm going to do something with this. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black the, people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, not Bill? One. Not on, one. Come on, Bill. You got to have one a nope. token black person. A token and there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. Public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids. And I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Father God, we just come to you just saying thank you for grace and mercy, and thank you for people like our guest today who has a insight, who can look at something and see so much more, just so much more than what the picture said. And just so much more that what comes out of one spirit and just helps so many. So we just thank you for your grace and your mercy and insight. Just insight that we can see things, God. We just thank you for that. And then we take what we see and we turn it into vision for others to see. So we thank you. We just thank you. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we just... Uh lift up Victoria and Ron uh, and Victoria's vision that uh, she had for this monument. Um, and we lift up uh, all the poor souls that 77 years ago suffered at the hands of the Nazis and during the Holocaust. And Lord, the picture was set up for no good and Victoria has turned it into good. Mm. Lord, we just thank you for that. And Lord, uh, this monument may it be around for generations and bring back uh, folks that don't understand what happened, that they now understand. And thank you for all the folks that donated to it and uh, made this a reality. And really thank you, Lord, for Victoria's wonderful talent of being able to put this together uh, and make it in such a beautiful centerpiece for our city of Greensboro. Amen. I'd like to say a Shehekianu, which is Shehekianu, the Higianu, the which is that thank you, God, for bringing us to this time, this time with my incredible friends, Odell and Bill Goble, who we were in the, from Jerusalem to, to Jericho to Bethlehem together. We worshiped, we 
loved, we ate, we traveled, and we learned about you, about the creation of God, of God and holiness in all places. So, Shinakiyano. Amen. Amen. So, Bill, we're going to start this segment off by you and I going to commit that Common Ground is going to donate $1,000 to this monument. And, 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 and as you were praying, it's like, oh, no, no, we're going to donate and we're going to make a commitment today. Okay. Because what good is it to be the good looking rich black guy and the good looking rich white guy? If we can't <laughs> give to a cause bigger than ourselves. <laughs> were you laughing at the what? The good looking? What part are you laughing at, Bill? What, what part are you laughing well, at? Well, about four minutes ago, you told me I had the whitest legs you've seen ever. Well, you got those shorts. Ain't no son seen those legs in 99 years, you know, but it's okay, though. But, you know, out of all the research we were doing for this, I ran across this picture and I'm going to let Victoria explain it. Her granddaughter sitting there looking up at this monument bill Hmm. and she's looking and I don't know. I can't see it. It's from the back. I have no idea what's what if she even realized. But one day, see the difference between a monument bill and a sculpture. And that's what she's going to explain those two also is that it'll be around. It tells a story. Mm. And, you know, I'm all into history and everything that's going on. And just think about it. This picture was taken. This photograph was taken by the Nazi. And they were right before these, this, these, this woman, this grandmother, I'm, I'm going to focus on a grandmother who wouldn't take her boot off. She knows she was getting ready to die. And mm. she said, I'll be damned if I'm not going to die with my dignity, with my dignity. And guess what? Everybody's holding her, holding on to her bill, even unto death. Think about that. Mm. In the midst of it all, nobody's crying, nobody's screaming, nobody's begging. I refuse to allow you to make me take off my shoes and abandon my dignity. Mm. Well said, brother. Well said. Uh, I think what I'd like to do after that is uh, bring on Victoria. Victoria? (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Odell, it's almost as if, as if um, she was saying to us, which is the basis of all genocide hatred is, I am a human. I am a Jewish woman. I am here as a human being looking at us. And with the Nazi soldier, he, he took this picture from his eyes. She was less than human. Mm. Was other. She was genetically she genetically had to be annihilated. You know, what the Nazis did is what you do to bugs and insects. You completely eradicate them. Not all Jews are victims, but all victims were Jewish. And Mm. these are our peoplehood. We are like the Armenians and we are like the other groups that are peoplehood. Some of us practice Judaism, but also some of us are are, are Buddha Buddha Jews. You know, we do whatever we want, but (laughs) what the Nazis were doing is they didn't see this as a a woman, a child next to a mother, um, a a teenager ready to to, to date and and get married. And and the last one in the picture was she's pushing her hair out of her, her, her face. So when I saw that picture, I was changed forever. Mm. And you're right. You know, they're black arm in arm and she's standing there looking at us and she's saying to us, we have to teach us history so that my Delilah, a picture of Delilah looking at this sculpture will know about hatred. So my Delilah will understand what it's like, what happens when people 
treat people as others. You know, as Ellie Wiseau said, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. Mm. Mm. And so very often we go through like, oh, I know about the Holocaust. I know about slavery. And I have to even say for myself, when I moved to Greensboro, I really learned about racism and slavery. I didn't really, I didn't know. I thought I, I would say that I was colorblind. It wasn't that I was colorblind. It's that I, I was ignorant. So very often we think that we know about these, this, this uh, treating people as others, not seeing them as human, but we really don't. So one thing about Holocaust education is about that. And my tool is my hands. I tell my story in a visual way. And this story, I decided to tell in a sculpture when I saw that photograph. You know, I, I um, made Aliyah, which means I immigrated to Israel when I was pretty young, you know, when I was 22. And that happened because I learned about the Holocaust. My mother went to, on two trips to Israel before she died of cancer at 46 years old. And wow. she had six children. And I'm one of the six, the second, the twins were the second youngest. And she told us about Israel. And she told us about the Holocaust and why Israel was so important. When I found out about the Holocaust, because I, I wasn't taught about it in middle school or elementary school, it, it, I said, I have to live in Israel. I, I, have to, I have to go to Israel. And I actually, um, she passed away. I was going into a nursing program. And I decided I, I can't be a nurse, but I, I need to. Being an artist like my mother, she was an artist, and I want to go to Israel. So I, I, at 17 years old, I went on a high school in Israel program, and I learned about Israel. And I also met Holocaust survivors. Mm. So that whole thing kind of started this um, understanding uh, in a personal way. How long ago was that, Victoria? So that was um, I mean, uh, many years ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> in the 80s, 80s, yeah. So... Um, so I had this happen here in Greensboro, this project. I mean, you know, what, when, why, nowhere. Um, you know, I, I credit living in Greensboro to, that fed me spiritually. Honestly, that gave me this path to be able to do this work. The, Victoria, the, uh, let's, before we go any further, let's introduce you and tell our people who you are, where you're from, uh, how long you've been doing this work. Uh, and uh, and then I think uh, Odell and I should talk about how we all met. Sure. So go ahead. I'll let you introduce yourself. Uh, you know, we don't go. We don't need to go the date you were born or any of that stuff. <laughs> but uh, certainly, you can tell us some information. So I'm living here in Greensboro for eleven years, and I say that I moved to Greensboro for love, and I did um, for uh, Ron Milstein and. Um, I never heard of Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, I knew that I could do art anywhere, and um, I followed my heart. And not only did I do it for love, but I fell in love with Greensboro. And mm -hmm. it's a wonderful community for me. Uh, the first thing that I did was I knew that I didn't know what I didn't know. So I got into Impact Greensboro, which is a leadership program. And for the first three to five years that I lived here, I did my artwork, but I really focused on understanding our community and getting on boards and, and creating a community for myself here. And so I currently um, am an artist that owns a, a studio, a VCM studio on South Elm Street. Um, and um, it is a place where I sculpt, paint, uh, teach, and also uh, I do a community events there. I have a big garden where I do events. Before COVID, I was doing five to seven events there for the community. Um, I also serve on um, several boards, um, 
I'm a commissioner for the arts for Creative Greensboro. I am on the board of um, Holocaust Commission of North Carolina. And uh, I serve on some other boards, Greensboro College and downtown Greensboro. And um, what else? Um, UNCG, I have a board on, one of the, on that board as well. Um, and um, I've been a portrait artist for 35 years, uh, creating um, portraits for, um, as, a, as a career. Uh, help support my family. Um, I don't believe you should be a starving artist. I think artists should <laughs> have careers and make money and get paid for what they do. Um, I was lucky enough, having moved to Greensboro, that I could focus more on uh, things that were more important to me, the combination of art and uh, social practice. In other words, doing art not for the commercial sense. So, for instance, you do a piece of art, and is it for to hang up and sell, or is it for to communicate or to speak your truths or tell your stories? And so. My artwork changed by living in Greensboro, and I started to do work that really was about um, things that I thought were important. I just uh, had finished uh, about four, five years ago uh, a body of work called the Mali Series. My daughter Dina was in a village in Mali, West Africa, where she spent three years, and um, the exhibit was all about the women and the children in that village and the leadership of these women and what I learned from them what they gave me and how they were the pillars of Africa and the combination of my daughter's poetry and uh, the paintings. And that was exhibited um, in, the, in the United States in different places and also here in Greensboro. Wow. That is great. And can I add one other thing? Maybe two things. One, you're a great cook. I've eaten at her house and this lady can cook. Okay. I didn't know that. I always knew, I always knew that her husband, Ron Milstein married out. I I, I know she's gorgeous. So Ron married out, you know, I, I, that's, that's, that's the claim of fame. Ron married out, but I haven't tasted the food yet, but we'll get around to that. Okay. Odell, you have to taste my food, but um, I am the blessed one. I am so blessed to have this incredible man in my life. And we are true partners. And especially in this project, I could not have done this without Ron. Well, you know what? Thank you. That 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 gives me a higher thought of Ron because I always thought that he was the lucky one. He married up, but I'm I'm, I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna go with that, Victoria, because I agree with you. Now, let me say this: once in my life, as a black man in school, because you mentioned that a lot of this wasn't taught in school, I was ashamed when we would go at the time. We had something called um, Black History Week you know, before Black History Month. And they would talk about slavery and I would be ashamed as a black person. I'd be ashamed of of slavery. Now, over the years, I've grown and now I not attack, but I seek out my family's ancestry about slaves and the plantation and everything else. So that once what I was ashamed of, now I don't celebrate being a slave, but I empower my ancestors through me. So their voices don't get lost to someone else's narrative. And when I looked at this and I was doing my research, it's like you saw this picture as you were walking through one of the concentration camps in the women's section. So just the spirit of all the women and everything that happened to them there, that spirit jumped on you, jumped on her, Bill. And she said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to do something with this. You know, and if, if she was black, she would say, oh, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. But, you know, that that is so powerful when you inspired in, in, in a place. And I think one of the terms you use was you gave them, I know I'm going to say it wrong, personhood or a place or something. 
you're going to have to explain to me, and I know Bill going to get to how we all met, but you're going to have to explain to the audience the whole thing on the difference between a sculpture and a monument and that whole thing on place and personhood, because that's deep stuff. That's You sure you ain't got no Black Baptist in you? <laughs> you know, Odell, I was walking through that women's section of Auschwitz, and I, I literally had kind of like a spiritual experience because I literally, there were voices screaming in my ear, Tell my story. There you go. I knew it. 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 I knew it, Bill. I knew it. Because when she was talking about it, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Excuse me, Ron. Excuse me, Ron. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Victoria. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And what Ron knows about this part of the story is that I had this rush of a smell of roses. Mm -hmm. I'm in a death camp. And I'm hearing the history and I'm hearing the, the, the journey of the women were so it was so hideous because they were women. So you can you can imagine the things that happened to them and how they lost their children. And and I literally I smelled roses and I'm like, I'm smelling roses. And I heard this voice that said, tell our stories. If we for one moment, if we through our suffering for one moment could have ever known that you'd be walking down this campus in Auschwitz and that 10,000 of you then would be jumping on a plane to go to Israel. If we had known that, we didn't know that. And you must tell our story. You must have people remember us. So that happened to me. And I was, I was like, because I never thought that I had the chutzpah to tell their story, to tell the story of the Holocaust. You know, the word chutzpah, it's like, who am I to have the right to tell that? And, and, and that changed at that moment. I knew that I, that is what I need to do. So then I came across this picture just incidentally, it happened like the, the next week over. And the picture, it, it's just, I, I could not get over these generations of women it, it, looking straight at us. But like you said, the matriarch, you know, I mean, I said it in a video, but it's like you see something and it changes you forever. And it's sort of like clip. This is the, these are the inspirations for this monument because, you know, it's our sisters, it's our mothers, it's our daughters, it's our teenagers. And the idea of a monument, you know, our, our city has is, is taking down monuments, changing in our country, rather, our whole country, changing the names of streets because they don't, it does not tell our history and it, it, it celebrates bad things in our history. We need to create art that will communicate the things that are important to us, public art, can enhance a community, it can transform a community, it enheightens our awareness of each other. Of, of And so it's a, it, so art becomes, public art becomes a tool for teaching generations. So I see the monument, a monument, a, a public sculpture as a sign. So there's a um, artist that I love, his name is Robert Henry, and he said, there are moments in a time, in our moments in our life, when we see the unusual. Those are the moments of our greatest wisdom. And if, but with a sign, that is what the arts are created for, a signpost to what mm. will be, signpost to better tomorrows. Wow. So I, I think public art is a signpost. It's a way for us to convene in a public space, um, to not hide it in a, in, a, in a campus somewhere where no one sees it, but for, for us to be able to communicate and discuss. And it's a, it's a tool for me to teach Holocaust education, to teach about all genocide of women and children, the most powerless in our society and all other communities. Wow. 
That's just unbelievable. How do you say this without crying? Because I, I could just feel all the passion and empathy and sympathy, everything you have. And, and go ahead. I'm talking too much. I'm, I, I See, I'm all into this. I'm all into this. Bill, go ahead, Bill. I can't wait for you to come to the studio and look into their eyes because I cry every day and I have their names written on the bottom. And I and I say, you know, Rosa and Mia. And, I, you know, I, I see them as as us, you know, I see them as us. I see them as you, you know, I see them as all of us because, you know, I'm working from a photograph that's the inspiration, but I'm, I'm actually, I have Ron Popo's, the way his neck is. I have my sister's face. I have Susan's nose. I had Marilyn Chandler's arms. I had Shelly Wiener's hands that she put the Holocaust survivor that um, is. And, And she said that she has her mother's hands. Right. So exactly. Now, did did they did the names of these people were they known? So there's all the information that I have um, on on um, this monument is from Yad Vashem, and their names are are known. What they don't know is if one was the aunt or the cousin, and um, the the matriarch in the middle of Fruma. We also sometimes some of the accounts they switch the names around. Mm. He, 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 what part were, uh, of, were they from Poland or were they? They were from La, pa- La Paya, which is in Latvia. Okay. Can you imagine this day, this day that they took, they, it was almost 3,000, it was over 2,000 women from the women's prison, prison. And they were taken right from their town. And the Nazis used this as exhibition tourism. They had put a call out that this was happening. And people... Wow took their girlfriends, they were walking their dogs. They, I mean, they, they use this as a way to celebrate their, their right, what they were doing. And so the Nazi soldier had a camera and he had a whip and he would whip the, the groups of women and put them in, in a, a placement. So if you, you know, you're going to see it when you see the sculpture, when you come to the studio, but you can see that, that, that there's a, they pose a, he pose a child first and then the other women and how the women, you know, like you said, Odell, they just grab each other's arms and they're, you know, they're, they're like looking at you saying, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a human being. How, how can you do this? But they're also, you see them all these, you see from fear to anger, to, um, to resilience, to confusion. Because, of course, they were human. And then what happened a second after and a second after and a second after? So my sculpture is not an exact replica of the photograph. The photograph is the inspiration. And like the little girl, I pulled her up closer to her mother. I literally sculpted her closer to her mother because I couldn't stand that she was behind her mother. That one we know. Right. And angles are changed because I imagined that we hold their pain. When you look at that sculpture, it's like we hold their pain. And what happened the next moment, the next moment. And then there are photographs that do show the, the, them, the youngest, the, the pretty girls, they may strip completely. The other ones were stripped partially. I don't know if she ever ended up ever having to take off her boots. Um, you know, they, they wanted their clothes because they would hide, people would hide jewelry in their clothing. So the Nazis had, you know, wanted to keep and collect the, the clothes. And you do see them in different stages. And then you see, the mass graves mm-hmm. to learn the history of the Holocaust through this one picture is, it's just, a, it's, it's a tool, but I have to say of the 6 million Jews that were killed and 2 million of others, including the Romans, the gypsies, 
people who were disabled, people who were they felt were, were gay or were not what they felt were, were genetically. Um, a lot of them were killed this way. They were killed in these mass graves, in these mass killings. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking at an article that came out and it says, uh, portraying five multi-generation women who were murdered in Latvia. And the sculpture is meant to raise awareness of the Holocaust, racism, and anti-Semitism, while also honoring the strength and resilience of women all over the world. And in December, the Greensboro City Council approved placement of the monument at Labauer Park. It will be North Carolina's first public Holocaust monument dedicated to women and children. Installation is expected in 2022. Uh, The monument will be uh, art that invites social engagement and participation of its audience. In the act of looking through the camera as part of the monument's visitors to bear witness to this tragedy. Can't imagine looking through a camera. Uh, We hope that uh, they will see and feel their humanity, said Milstein. Victoria anticipates that educators from across the state and beyond will bring their students to visit the monument as part of Holocaust education. Wow, Victoria. That walk through, uh, that walk through Auschwitz. I've been through Auschwitz. And uh, when I first went, I wasn't sure what to expect. I, I thought, well, maybe people are exaggerating and it's not as bad. And, uh, as a, and I went in with a camera and started taking pictures of the entrance and, and some of the buildings. And then when you get inside the buildings and you see human hair, rooms of human hair, rooms of shoes, rooms of eyeglasses, rooms of prosthetics, I, I couldn't take pictures. And you could feel the evil. You could feel the pain just walking around. And it's, it's kind of like walking through a, a military cemetery yeah. uh, in Normandy. I got the same feeling, but the difference was that was an evil feeling that I went through there. Uh, and, uh, and it's, it's life changing. I think every American should go through one of those uh, Holocaust areas. And, you know, I know we've got the Holocaust museum, a good friend of mine, uh, Mark Talisman helped start that. And, and that's powerful itself, but, uh, this is unbelievable. You know what, Bill? Um, so what is a child? What is a middle school? Because now we have a, a bill called the Giselle Abrams Holocaust Education Bill that says that North Carolina, one of nine states, I believe, has to teach Holocaust ed- education in middle school and high school. So what do you do when you get this information? What, what do you do as, as you know, do you, do you, as, a, as a young adult, do you find out how many Nazis did this or how many people were slaughtered and how? What I say you do is you become a witness, mm. become a witness. So my idea is that you look through the camera, you see these women as people, and a child is now a witness. Because I, I feel like it's a proactive way of, of, of them like ex, kind of experiencing and participating in Holocaust education. Because this is rough stuff. I mean, we're talking about this as adults. But, you know, some of these pictures and some of these stories for for a middle age or high school student is is just is just beyond. But they need to learn it and um, they need to learn it in connection to all all hate. And so these conversations have to be also about slavery, about about treating 
anyone as different. Um, so as we teach Holocaust education, we have to teach these other things. So with the Holocaust Council of North Carolina, there's a curriculum that's being developed with myself and some of the educators. And we're hoping that there'll be trips of people coming to the Holocaust uh, Monument Memorial site. They're, they're, we're, we're working on ways to do that. And then I want to go from the there to the Civil Rights Museum and back and forth. And I've been talking with um, John Swain about that, um, that in all of our material, we also have material about the Civil Rights Museum, because I think it's, it's about hatred. It's about, and what do, I, what do I do with this? I need to learn it. Mm. Well, you know, Victoria, one of the things is so powerful and I want to learn because you use a term that I'm not familiar with. I should be, but I'm not. Uh, it says it will be beautifully situated in Greensboro's Labau Park, becoming a place making community experience for all. Can you first tell the national audience and international audience what's Labau Park and the term place making community experience for all? Can you explain those two things to the audience, please? Sure. So Labau Park is um, our premier park in Greensboro, a brand new park. Um, you know, uh, it says a lot that our our community, our, our community leaders, our public accepted it and wanted it to be in a public site. So the whole concept is, and um, um, the news and record, um, Alan Johnson wrote a beautiful article about how we had to speak about important things in our, 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 our parks and our town squares. And Place making is that there's a safe environment for people to congregate and whether they're protesting civil rights or they're learning about Holocaust education is that these are public places where we talk and we convene. So place making would be that if, um, if you're in, in Times Square, they bring in beach chairs and beach balls and everyone's hanging out drinking, you know, a beer on the cement in, in front of Times Square. That's what placemaking. So the sculpture, what I call, what what's placemaking about it is that it's a place for us to learn about the Holocaust history and, and to look through the camera and to bring students. So that's what that's what placemaking is. Um, and um, Alan Johnson, I don't, I mean, I'm just so crazy about him because he he really understood that and and put an article in the news and record at a very important time for us. Um, I saw a Holocaust survivor on a tape. She was weeping. There was a Holocaust Memorial Monument. It looked more like a square box, but it was, and it was situated in between two rows of traffic. And she mm. looked at the and she said, why, why is it here? Why were they ever putting in, in this place where no one could, could, could have honor and respect? So I think it says something about our community and our society, our Greensboro, that it's going to be in a public park and not put off in the side somewhere where it's only certain people can see it. That's powerful. And the whole idea that, you know, she wouldn't take off her boots. And I saw where you, it looked like the someone was starting to paint the boots and the boots were black. And it's almost like now that as you tell the story that the Nazi soldier had a whip to intimidate and to make people do certain things. And this woman's like, you can take everything away from me, but you're not going to take my dignity. And, and that's so powerful. That is so powerful. And North Carolina Women's Holocaust Memorial Monument. Monument. This is so powerful. I have to say, Odell, that, and I should, I try, I'm trying to say this more often. I don't, we don't know historically if she ever ended up taking off her boots. So that's what I got from it. I got from it that she 
was standing there looking straight at us, holding these women. And she had those boots on and everyone else was in the middle of discarding and, and all different. And the women behind her were, were half naked. And so, so um, I, I do have to put a disclaimer that I don't know historically what exactly happened with the boots, but that's how I interpret it. And that's the difference between an artist, a sculpture that's by an artist, as opposed to a historic reenactment. Like when you go to Yad Vashem, you'll see a historic uh, little model of, of the gas chambers and such. This is more of a piece of artwork that isn't, I'm inspired. And I just felt like this is what I got from these women. Gotcha. Let me ask a question. When you first started sharing this vision, who did you share it with first? And what were their reactions when you started saying, I'm going to do this? Shirley Fry, Shirley and Henry Fry, the Love Bowers, Carolyn, uh, Marilyn Chandler, Susan, my, all my girlfriends, Nancy Hoffman. I started bringing people, our community leaders, women, more and more women, um, and told them about this, 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 this um, project. I did a TED Talk, uh, TEDx Greensboro, where I kind of introduced the project. Um, and that's why I say Greensboro's helped make me who I am, because I introduced it, and I had a big pastel of these women. And it was supposed to be on a slide because all my other artwork was on a slide. But uh, Skip Moore said, you know, let's have it in real life. And this thing was huge. And when I told this story that I wanted to do a project with this and I pulled off the cloth and unveiled this pastel, that you could hear everyone go. <gasps> so it was like that gave me the OK that, yeah, this this is people are this is something that is important. And when our community leaders Everyone I could find said, Victoria, go for it, go for it. And I had made a, a small 16-inch study called the maquette. And I kind of went all over, all over, invited people to see the study. And um, I tried to really get the community involved um, and make sure that this is what the, that the community really wanted. John Swain, you know, all our people from the, from the interfaith trip, a lot of people, a lot of those folks came. Um, and, um, and then I, um, I went to the parks and they created a, a, a committee and um, an ad hoc committee that was not all Jewish people, not all women, that kind of analyzed this. And so I definitely think this is a story of, of wonderful Greensboro. And of course, Shelley Wiener, the Holocaust survivor, said to me, Victoria, I'm going to be your first donor. This, we have to do this. We need to make this happen. And Shelley, uh, the monument is named after her mother, wow. Eva, and her aunt, who uh, kept her and her cousin alive. For, uh, it's on that video, but the story is for, you'll hear more about it, but for 12 months, 12 to eight, I know two years in a barn in the hay and then underground in a potato cellar. These 23 year old, 22 year old mothers kept their four and three year olds alive. And also a righteous farmer who was not Jewish, who, who um, you know, put his complete family in danger to uh, hide them. So Shelly is uh, the impetus of uh, making this happen as well. Well, you know, it's always someone who's willing to step up. And as Bill closes us out, I'm, I was just sitting here thinking about when you do something like this, it's usually not always, but sometimes it's people in the community that says, well, don't don't tell that story. We're ashamed of that story. So was it, you know, at least that's what I've experienced from time to time. People like. Don't tell it. We're ashamed of it. But at the same time, I think this is just amazing. Bill, your thoughts. Well, I, I agree with you. It's just been a fascinating story. And folks, 
Victoria alluded to uh, a video. We're going to play the audio of that at the end of our podcast. So Jeremy, our our sound guy and our editor, who's a great guy, is going to add that to it. Uh, I have a, a couple questions. I'm on your website, so I want to plug that so people can donate. Uh, it's uh, the women of. I know show. somebody who's going to donate, Bill. Yeah. Yeah, thousand dollars. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> good, good. We're going to challenge our audiences to step it up. Step it up too. We're yeah. going to challenge them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're going to do it, you go to www.womenoftheshoah. That's s h o a h j p dot org, and we'll have that on our website. There's one question I have. <clears throat> going through your website, I didn't see a picture of the photo. Oh, it's there. So it's there. And you know what? We had a, a thing with the website and it should be right in front. So okay. I'll, I'll make sure that the whole story of, of the women um, is, is right there. And I'm, I'm sorry that you didn't see it. Oh, no, it's I okay. Forgot, forgot to mention about the self-guided tour. When you go around the monument, uh, there will be QR codes with an audio that will tell you about the history of the Holocaust, about the women about, you know, so it's, a, it's also a self-guided tour. I forgot to tell oh, you. wow. That's fantastic. Yes. And there's a documentary also being filmed about, about Greensboro, the monument, about um, all the Holocaust survivors here and other people that have been um, involved in this. Yeah. It, it's a, it's just not a monument. It's, it's much, much more folks. And if you get a chance to go to downtown Greensboro when it's there, uh, I strongly encourage you to visit it and learn the story. And then more importantly, share it with your family, share it with your children so that they understand uh, that the legacy of these young ladies, and I say young, even with the one with her boots, uh, right. that she uh, is going on forever and ever. And the picture that was made for bad has come out for good because of Victoria. Victoria, we just thank you and thank you so much for being on. I know you injured yourself on this, uh, uh, doing this. You, you fell off the scaffold. Are you, were you drinking again? No, no, no. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, um, this is a, a, you know, I always think of, I try to invite Rodan. He's the sculptor I love. And sometimes it took him 10 years to do some of these sculptures and these monuments. And, I'm, and I have a timeline for 2023, uh, uh, Holocaust Remembrance Day, it's going to be like three days in April, I think 13th, uh, 23 is when okay. we're going to That's where you're going to unveil it? Uh, yes. April 13th, 2023. Okay. Well, yeah. that's the planned date, right? right. That's another question, though, to uh, Victoria, Bill, and myself. It, this has brought support from so many different people. One of our good friends, uh, John. Didn't John, John get Hardister. Yeah, yeah, John Hardister. He got involved. And, you know, the beautiful thing about this love story is that good people step forward. It doesn't matter race, creed, religion, politics, good people just step forward. So Victoria, how does that feel when people of all different opinions step forward to help? Oh my God, it makes me weep. I mean, John, precious John, you know, he actually went to Israel and, you know, he has a heart, you know, and, and this is where we have to be bipartisan. doesn't matter if you're a Republican. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat. It matters who you are. And he stepped forward and said, Victoria, this is important. This is Holocaust education. You know, we're, we're going to make it happen. And he introduced a bill and um, the state of North Carolina um, passed a bill to help uh, fund it for 250000 
but towards it. So it was like a, a miracle, a miracle. I could not believe it. And yeah. then, you know, all the um, private donors and, and, the, and the community, um, the foundations that have given us money and, and even people have given $400 or $100. And you, thank you, Common Ground, for uh, believing this because the, 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 um, the events and Holocaust education is going to continue. So the monument will be up, but there'll be, there'll be events and teaching events and opportunities all, uh, during the year. So it's going to be something that's ongoing. Okay. Well, Victoria, tell us again, because when we write the check out, some other people might be, I know people don't do checks anymore, just old fogies like me. Who do we write the check out to again? And how can we make a donation for the audience? And remember now we, we're in 25 different countries in all the States. So wow. if you could uh, speak slow for old people like me who got educated in South Carolina in the sixties, I don't think they really did a good job educating us back there, Victoria, but it's okay though. It's okay. So, so it, you, you'll go to the website, women of the show, jp.org. And on it, you, when it says donate, it, it, there's a fund through the, the Jewish foundation and it goes of Greensboro and um, it all, it goes through there. And um, that's how you do it. It's very easy. Perfect. Well, you'll be seeing a, thousand dollars from common ground yes 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 and then possibly even more down the road bill amazing i love you guys love love you both thank you thank you ron's still married up though i don't care what you say victoria ron (laughs) married up (laughs) i agree i agree you know uh now we gotta talk we never talked about how we met yeah, people don't care about how we met. We went on a trip uh, going over to Israel, and then we had another trip um, going to civil rights, right? Civil rights, yes. yeah. Yeah, and you and Ron were bus buddies. Yeah, Ron was my bus buddy. Yes. I'd get on, and I said, is Ron here? Because it's my bus buddy. And he'd say, is Bill here? And that's how we got to know him. Now, other. Ron's a good guy. We yeah. like Ron. We like Ron. And, you know, I found out something about Ron that's really special. Do do tell, like we say in South Carolina, let me clutch my pearls. Yeah. Well, we're sitting there in Israel one time and we're sitting and it's been a rough day. And I said, man, I could go for a bourbon. And he goes, you like bourbon? I said, I love bourbon. Okay. He says, so do I. Let's go find a place. I said, well, I happen to have a bottle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I brought down and we opened that up. And then, uh, then we started talking about cigars and he likes cigars. So we, uh, we do that every now and then. And it's, we don't do it enough. Let me tell you. Well, Good. you do it more. Ron, Ron, I like Ron. I like Ron. I like Ron. Yeah. With that, we're going to close it out. Ron, you were our last word, buddy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting here smiling. I know. What you do and how you are, you are just creating so much goodwill, so much um, in a loving, um, funny, beautiful way you two are just like these gem and you're opening people up and you're, you're letting people hear so many different stories that they, I don't think they would have heard. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I mean, that spirit, you said you, the spirit, I, I just, I just had to really talk about, because when I was, I, I said, I knew what happened and not trying to be funny, but you have to tell people's story. Yes. You have to tell their story, especially when they were, you just have to tell it. I'll leave it there. You have to tell that story. And Amen. thank you for taking on the, or having the chutzpah. I, I'm, I've, I've heard that a lot of a lot of different ways, but the way you said it is different. How do you pronounce it again? <laughs> okay, you got okay. I got to work. Got to work. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, soon, I'm going to drag you over. You have to get here before August. I really want you to see in the clay form. And everyone is invited. Whoever wants to come by and see it in clay form. Seeing it in clay before it's bronze. It's kind of, there's something about it that it's wet and it's yep. just, it looks, it's well, something special. So well, I'm, I'm going to get you both over there. I'm coming we'll by, come. I think, tomorrow at nine, I think, was when yes. you said, so I'll stop by tomorrow at nine. Well, you could take you could take a check with you tomorrow at nine, Bill, for $1,000. We can do that. Okay, do so that. Bill will be coming over tomorrow at nine with a check for $1,000. There you go. Thank you, thank you. Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is a production of BG Ad Group. Darren Sutherland, executive producer. Jeremy Powell, creative director. Jacob Sutherland, director. All rights reserved. Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 chief financial officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events. Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulated and best read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years.